This is a content warning for this episode. It's The Boys, so if you've seen the show, you know what we're going to get into. And if you haven't, well, maybe look it up and see if it's something that you maybe don't want to listen to us talk about. Welcome back to the Interior Analysis Podcast. I'm your host for this one, Jelani Kelly. And I'm Evan Westman. And we're talking about The Boys Season 2. Just wrapped up. Was it, I think this finale was last week. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's a great show. I'm actually watching a season. I just, Sundays I watch a show with my mom, my brother, and my stepdad. Like We're all on like FaceTime. And... We just watched season one, episode four today, as of this Sunday, the 18th. Of the boys? Yeah. Yeah, we're watching. We like that show so much. We're having both our dad and mom watch it. Like, my biological dad, we're watching. Actually, we're finishing Umbrella Academy, which I don't really like as much. But Ellen Page, though. That's the only reason I might want to watch that, is Ellen Page. Is I haven't seen her in... Only things I've seen her in is X-Men The Last Stand. And I think it was a game beyond, but I don't know like what else she's in. Why she's in Inception is one. Oh that's why. You know what? Yes. You don't need to go further than that. Don't Also Juno. Oh. But I don't know if you've seen that, but like that's kind of her big one or her first big one was Juno. Alright. Let's get into it. We on Start off with a couple questions I'm going to ask you, Evan. Who's your, who's your favorite character? If you had asked me in episode two, I would have said Stormfront. <laughs> episode three and yeah. on, not so much. Yeah. Um, I think you mean Nazi much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, I, aside from that, I, I think I'm going to probably say Homelander. I thought it was yeah, going to be Maeve and right. then... I, like they didn't quite do as much as I had nope. hoped with her this season, um, but yeah, I mean Homelander is just like the most compelling. I I, I felt like I had your reaction to it because I was like, I don't like all the human characters. I only like the soup ones. Yep. At least for this season, that wasn't really the case for the first one, but that was kind of my feeling in this one. Mm-hmm. We'll get into Homelander a little later. Yeah, I'm guessing he's your he's... favorite too, right? Uh, yeah. I I would ask a question. Who's your favorite The Boys character and why is it Homelander? You know? He's, <laughs> he's, he's just a treat. You love to hate him, but I also don't really, like, he did rape Becca, and that's not very, that's not very nice. But other than that, he's so despicably evil, it's hilarious. We'll get into Homelander later. I'm, I'm a, I could go on a rant all day about the guy. And Anthony Starr predictions for season three. So a lot of shit. Okay, there's gonna be a lot of swearing for this probably because it's the boys and it's a very mature show. Very very <laughs> mature. A lot of shit happened at the end of this, at at the end of the uh, season two. There was mm-hmm. Newman with the twist ending. Well, Cindy got out. That wasn't at the end. At the end, Becca did. Stormfront got clapped, but she's not dead. How do we know she's not dead? I the saw that in your notes and I was like, I thought she yeah, died. No, nope, they confirmed it. She's she's like Anakin Skywalker right now, pretty much. That was actually a really funny, like, 
Ryan laser visioned her so hard she got knocked back to the 1940s. That was that's <laughs> and to her native language. It's funny. What else? What else happened at the end? There's a lot of. MM went back to his family. I think Frenchie and Kimiko are doing their own thing. Lamplighter was introduced and then got clapped as well. That was before the finale. But oh, Ryan is under the CIA's protection now, quote unquote protection. Yeah, what do you uh, what do you what are you thinking for season three, Evan? I don't know if I really have predictions because it it almost felt like they are kind of letting the air out of the balloon except for the thing with newman like i was watching it and i was i was really surprised at how optimistic the ending was i was like wow this feels like they it could be the end of the entire show Mm -hmm. i was also thinking like this is too successful they're probably gonna do a third season but they're already filming it, or they're they're planning to start filming it like in like two months or something yeah which figures i mean it's a been pretty successful yes you know i'm not really sure what they they could continue doing i guess newman is gonna be some kind of villain but i've also immediately wondered like when when we found out she was the one who blew everyone up like she's the head popper or i don't know what we want to call that power no that's what everybody calls her that's what it's called head popping okay no, that's not her soup name, but, like, that's what everybody on... I, I spent a lot of time on Reddit. So that's what everybody on Reddit is calling her, the head popper. I mean, it's just as dumb of a name as the Deep, so I don't really mind if that's what they call her. Homelander. Um, yeah, home. Yeah. Honestly, that sounds like a seven-year-old came up with it. Yeah. I, I don't think it isn't, like, a knock on his character, but it's not the most imaginative name. Black, black. Um, yeah, yeah, black, black. <laughs> but yeah i I was immediately wondering like what is her motive for doing that because she seemed fairly like anti-soup but now we find out she's one so i was wondering i'm wondering if maybe she gave herself compound v like she wasn't given it at birth no you you know she works for what oh is that not how it works she works yeah i know she uh well wait no she's like a senator right yeah she's a spy for vaught I missed it's, that. It's okay. yeah, no. She's she's like in cahoots with Stan Edgar. Like he's still the head and he's having her do all of this stuff. Like she's underneath him. Is that you speculating or do we know no, that? No, we know that. We know that. Okay. She's I, part of I, the I whole vault thing. That. That's why she clapped Vogelbaum and all those uh the people. Yeah, the Vaught and the church were in cahoots, which is why you know how the church was trying to get A-Train back in and the deep? They really got A-Train yeah, back in. That's why she also killed Shockwave in that head-popping scene um, to make room for A-Train because the church and them were having, like, deals and stuff. Then they severed ties in the most explosive way possible. Okay, you followed all of that a lot better than I did. Read it, um, bro. I didn't. I did not at all. I was like, at the end of the season, I was really confused as to whose side Newman was on, so... Yeah, I mean, my own. I feel like Newman is really the only thing that's like really keeping us on the hook for season three. I guess also, like, I, I would assume Homelander is gonna try to pull something because he's kind of in a, in a bind right now. Like, Kinda. people don't hate him, but he's also like, you know, Maeve has the video hanging over his head. 
so he's going to have to be on his toes there, I guess. I was really expecting him to snap the entire season at any point, and I really wanted to see it, but uh, Same. Uh, down the line, I guess, I hope, I, I guess, I'm just waiting for the day, bro. It's bound to happen. I really thought it was going to happen this season, but we got to wait, which is fine. That's how TV works. Yeah. I just hope they don't... The thing is, that I wonder about that is, like, as soon as Homelander in the eyes of the public becomes, like, an actual, like, the villain and monster that he is, like, that puts kind of a expiration date on the show as a whole, I think. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you can't have him just going around terrorizing people for more than, like, maybe one season. Right. Like, maybe that could be the, a season finale and then that's like the hook for the season after that right that, that would be how i would expect them to do that i would like to see it too but i i wonder how they're gonna go about it and how long they can afford to wait yeah anything else for before we get into themes got a lot of things i mean just to follow up from season one uh you're gonna be upset but I was still a little disappointed we didn't get a soup named Chicken Noodle or Lentil. Oh, my God. But there is always season three. Oh, my God. So I'm still hopeful. I I just want to nod to it. Like, it doesn't have to be big. I just want to nod to it. That's that's my only other initial note. So uh, let's get into topics. We could have just gotten right into topics. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, We're kind of just going to gloss over this one because we talked about this topic last time. Like, in great detail uh corporate the fact that a man like stan edgar a guy with no superpowers whatsoever can effortlessly stand up to homelander with no fear speaks volumes to how uh powerful or how powerful Vought thinks it is like people were speculating that he was that was i think this is in my extra notes but he they were speculating that a couple of people were the head papa and uh cindy was one of the the suspects but she was way too obvious a lot of people are saying Uh, another good one was the church head which made a lot of sense if he was the head Mm, popper yeah and then he got his head popped and then the other person was stan edgar which i thought also could have made sense which is why like he's so like non-fearful of homelander but like i said the fact that he doesn't have superpowers like jesus christ he's just smiling in a killer's face like it's nothing it's pretty brave or stupid or both it what's crazy is like i don't know if it's meta or not but like this show is also made by a company that's as huge as vault is in its own world right right hey, we're going to make this show about how bad corporate America is, but we are corporate America. Ha ha, get it? We're just making fun of ourselves, guys. Buy this show. Like, that's that's pretty much how it's how it's going. you have anything on corporate? or? Yeah, I mean, we, we did definitely have more of that, like, making the soups brands yep. kind of their their biggest asset and their biggest weakness. And we, we kind of saw a little more, like, I was, one thing that I noticed that was a little odd was, like, Homelander was, like, very big on showing Ryan, like, all of his, like, products and stuff. Be like, hey, get my, like, pancakes or whatever. I got all these movies. You want to go ride the Homelander ride at Vaughtland or whatever. 
yeah he he was like weirdly obsessing over getting ryan into that and yeah there were a few lines that i think someone said somebody used like i'm gonna call tmz as like a threat i think in one of the early episodes uh, and i was like yeah that checks out that does feel like the way to keep all of them in control and and we really feel it with homelander just like like you were saying like he could snap at any moment mm-hmm. but he does care so much about his public image that like he, he doesn't even need someone to really threaten him with it directly it's just like he knows the optics and mm-hmm. that's enough to keep him on his toes mm-hmm. i think tied in with that this is so i i'm i'm tying this in with with your like corporation corporate culture topic because i think this might have been why they did this so i feel like this show might be starting to run itself into the bright problem because there were a weird amount of recent pop culture references Mm. this season that felt like they were kind of breaking the world of the story a little bit like I'm just going to list off a few of them. Like, we had Alden Ehrenreich, Harry Potter, Hunger Games, Hans Zimmer, Ed Sheeran, PewDiePie, Pokemon, Hamilton, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, that's pretty recent stuff. And I was wondering, like, they did it so much. Like, are they trying to to make a commentary there? I, I, I think so. I think they're trying to say it's like the world, we're not too far off from the world we live in. Like, if this, if, you know, Compound B were to actually become a thing, this is how it would go. I see that, but also, like, I don't know that it would. Like, you know, Soup's apparent, like, they talked about Liberty was, like, or Liberty in quotes, because we find out a Stormfront, but, like, she was active in the 70s. So, like, how long have Soup's been mainstream? And they're like, you know, they, they talk about they, they all have, like, Hans Zimmer is scoring the, uh, what is it, Rise of the Seven movie, which <laughs> Dawn of the totally Seven. would happen. Totally would happen. But, like, if those are the big box office movies that they're making, like, sorry, I, I, I don't know that Hamilton is a hit in a world where you've got Homelander flying around. That's or, true. like do people care about PewDiePie in that kind of universe? Like, did Hunger Games make it big? I don't know that any of that would happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, I, I feel like they are trying maybe to tie it in because they are making all this commentary on corporate culture. Vought, like you, you said Amazon, and I think that's an apt comparison. I think Disney is an equally Jesus um, apt comparison. I'm not going to say nothing on air about Anything bad about Disney? <laughs> great. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, but like, I feel like they might be trying to to make Vought seem like Disney. I kind of felt that maybe that's not the case, but it, it just got very confusing for me because like there is, these soups all do have such a big pop culture presence, and we see that throughout the entire show. We see the ads for like a train sports drink and stuff everywhere and that cringy rainbow lasagna they made for mave um, brave me prime bars yeah we're gonna get into that that was good good commentary but still kind of annoying to see the rainbow capitalism at work there Rainbow, um, she's got help we'll get into that too yeah but you know they're making all this commentary and 
if it does feel like it's breaking the world a little bit i think you might be right with your answer of like they want it to feel like the real world where like they're, they're saying oh like you know we've got soups but ed sheeran's still making hits like i'm in okay. love with the super super of you <laughs> somebody low-key has definitely made a made that by now probably of course it's not nearly as bad as they do it in bright where like they're referencing shrek when the have been around for thousands of years yeah and the alamo it, it wouldn't be a problem if the soups weren't such a big pop culture presence or if the references weren't so recent like when huey's talking about billy joel i, I don't feel like that causes an issue because that's you know he was big in like the 70s 80s so that's long enough ago that i feel like that would still happen and also like say you reference shape of you like fine except that like if you reference shape of you in a marvel movie that would kind of make sense because it does feel like it's sort of separate from that like i think what is it uh doctor strange someone plays a beyonce song in that i think oh well yeah but i, I didn't feel like it was a problem there because they're not doing like such hard corporate commentary and like iron man doesn't have his own brand of sneakers or whatever Mm -hmm. in the mcu whereas here it's like soups feel like they've taken over pop culture so i don't think kids are still playing pokemon as much 2020 with homelander flying around mm -hmm. that might be a, a, a nitpick but that that really bugged me this season all right getting in the next one uh ch children chill ch childs i saw an honest trailer for season one and they made a point about if someone is too evil, the show would just give them a child and boom, problem solved. They're no longer like an a sociopathic, unrelatable asshole. Homelander, even though he raped Becca, he got a child. Uh, Stormfront, who outlived her child, but still had a child. Uh, Vogelbaum, who was one of, who was responsible for fucking creating Homelander, has a child that Butcher threatened. Uh, Butcher never had a child, so he don't really count. But even, like, the side character, like, the person that Starlight ac accidentally killed, he had a child when she got in the car. He was baby on board, mm. or baby was probably going to pick up or something. Only person we haven't seen with fucking kids this so, so far is Stan Edgar. Like, pretty much. Like, everybody who's old enough to have kids has kids. Madeline Stillwell had a kid. I think that baby died in the explosion, but they didn't show mm -hmm. it or mention it. Who else has kids? I mean, I didn't see the church head, but we don't. We didn't know much about him before his head exploded. So, um, yep, they're too evil. Just give him a child. Yeah, they did seem to have kind of tied in with that. I I wonder if like they were going for something with parenting as a theme mm -hmm. this season because you had the whole deal with um. Becca trying to protect Ryan and then Homelander really getting in the way of everything she was trying to do there. Yep. And you kind of had, like, there was that little tangent where Butcher met with his parents, which seemed a little random to me, but I, I think they were doing that in order to give more weight to him, like, his relationship with Ryan. Mm -hmm. So it, it felt like they were kind of going for something with that. And even, I guess, maybe tied in with that, too, is, like, Starlight kind of confronting her mom about, like, 
how did it work like buying compound v for her or like signing her up for a program mm-hmm. I, I don't remember how that worked but i know that was a point of tension between them so it did it did feel like they were kind of trying to develop something with with parenting and kids this season especially like ryan felt like he was kind of i don't want to say like the moral center of the show i don't think that's what it was nope. but it was kind of like maybe even a MacGuffin. it was kind of like he was the thing everyone wanted to protect billion dollar piece of property that's what bully bully butcher referred to him as yeah so he's like he's really unique in that way but also like i I honestly like just as its own thing i kind of like the idea of making a person a MacGuffin. I think that like the fifth that could be an interesting thing to do. I've never seen that movie, but I'm assuming the girl was the fifth element. Oh, I haven't seen it either, but I think you might be right. Um, Lilu or whatever. I, I think that was, that can be kind of a cool thing that makes a MacGuffin actually mean something when it's a person. Men in Black too. Oh, yeah, Men in Black too does kind of do that, huh? Yeah, I, I wonder if they're going to do more with that in season three but it's kind of unclear what's going to happen with ryan like he's just kind of getting carted off but homelander's still out there and ryan's still out there people are saying he's going to be the one that beats homelander i don't know if i believe it that that would feel like a really dark take for that to happen unless they like flash forward 20 years and ryan's an adult but like ryan is like a 12 year old killing his dad like I mean, that kid's going to be messed up as it is, like, having yes. already killed his own mom by never accident. Never been to Burger King. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah, and he had killed his mom, but he's also never been to Burger King. I mean, he's not missing out on much there, but I get your point. Wow, um, Evan, you don't like Burger King? It's I'm not going to do backflips Hey, guys, Evan doesn't like Burger King. Boo. I, I mean, come at me. Like, it's <laughs> not that good. <laughs> uh. Um... Yeah, so this was kind of another... Uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of lump two in together, but they're pretty quick. So an issue I had this season was... And it's, it's not a huge one, I guess. But like there felt like there were some plot threads that kind of got dropped off or they never went anywhere with like the soup terrorists and then Congress getting their heads blown up and the whole thing with Sage Grove and the Compound V reveals. Maybe because it sounds like you've been doing a lot more research than I have on this. Maybe it's just I didn't I missed some things and how they were connected or like I missed some of those little moments. But it felt like they didn't quite have enough repercussions or or there were like points where the motivations kind of got lost where I was like, why is this important? And why is why did this character like when Butcher shot Kamiko's brother? I was like, why did he just do that? I couldn't track the motivation there maybe there was a reason but yeah like, it was for the boys it was for his boys he's trying to get them out it was oh god mallory mallory promised if he would have captured the soup terrorist there like they'd be free or something like that he was trying to help his team or and and get to becca like grant safe passes to becca but he never got them. okay Oh, no, no. He wanted information on where Becca was. He didn't get the suit terrorist, but Mallory gave it to him anyway, gave him the information. Okay. I, I can't tell if this is, like, just a problem with me as a viewer that I, that I missed it and it's there, or if they actually 
like kind of cut some corners and like I, I don't know it felt like maybe some of the stuff they did especially with the boys was like kind of filler like maybe they had more episodes than they needed that's true like the scene with him butcher back with at his aunt's house in black noir yeah yeah that part i don't even remember what they were doing there i think there was a reason but i don't remember it that was a little bit of an issue that i had with this season i guess it wasn't like that little but it was offset by the fact that like there are more compelling storylines with like homelander and stormfront and then i actually was kind of here for the butcher and becca storyline that was actually one of my more favorite parts of the season like they did those really well so i was still interested when they were going to stuff that i wasn't as into i'm not gonna say it was a good choice but i think they backed the right horses like i'm glad they put more work or they put their best work into those characters and like you know not that we want filler but like i think it was better to make the stuff with the boys the filler if we want to call it that Mm. and you know tied into that what really made me like able to easily forgive a lot of what i didn't like about some of the earlier episodes was the climax of this season was really good it it was like pretty cool and surprising for one thing but i think it did a really good job forcing a lot of characters or at least a few into hard choices like Maeve choosing to stand up to homelander was a choice homelander has to choose between killing butcher or like maintaining his reputation and then butcher i thought had the the best choice at the end when ryan kills becca he has to choose between protecting ryan and like respecting becca's memory or taking revenge on ryan and in that moment i was like oh i I thought he was gonna like go to town on ryan and like try to beat him up with a crowbar but i I was really glad that he didn't i was uh, that was pretty good but like i i think that's maybe like the biggest thing that this season did well was building to that climax because like you know to tie it in with like a couple other things we talked about like pirates three and then no this is going to be a good note this is a praiseworthy note i'm sorry for bringing them up but like that and spider-man 3 we talked a little bit about like why is this the climax and like i think it's pretty clear why in this one and it makes some of the like it makes everything that came before it worth it if possible of course i think try to make the journey and the destination good but like having a good ending is worth a lot i think like i've had several professors tell me like you can have an average first 80 percent of a movie but if you have a good ending everyone's gonna walk out happy end game end game yeah end game's a good example of that there's nothing else coming to mind right now but i, I know i've had a couple professors say that to me like people won't necessarily care if you have like a decent buildup if you don't deliver on the ending they're gonna walk out like eh, not that great so i think this season was a good testament to that of like why it can be so good to like put a lot of energy and effort into making the ending and the climax really powerful i got a question for ryan uh also did you know that 
the actor that plays Ryan, there's actually twins. They're both playing. Oh, him. no, I didn't. I've heard people do that sometimes with casting kid actors, usually yeah, younger than that. Because he's not allowed but... to, it's like more than 12 hours, I think. Hmm. Yeah, and he's in a lot of this season. Yeah. Doing a really great job. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's, I was surprised how good, uh, I was going to say the actor, but now that you're saying it, both of them did a really good job with him. Why didn't he just walk up to Stormfront with his laser vision instead of shooting her from afar? I think probably just like heat of the moment, and I don't think he would. He necessarily wanted to do that, and you know, but he like, probably he, he barely knows how to use it. Once he felt the act, like I feel like you would know when your fucking eyes are glowing. Like I, I don't think it's don't that hard that to would. tell. I mean, he's the one person who can't see them, so you can't feel that. You can't feel the heat coming out of your eyeballs. You can't see like a tint of red or anything. Like I'm, nothing. I'm gonna defend him there. Like in nope. in the heat of the moment, he should have defended his mother. But think about him. how high his adrenaline would be in that situation. Like his mom's getting choked out by a Nazi, and he's like expecting. He doesn't know she's a Nazi. Okay, whatever. His mom's getting choked out by. Someone who shoots lightning out of her hands, and that's and you expect him to be composed and under control. I no, I I yeah. think he's he's fine there. Yeah, he should have just walked up to her and was like, "Eat this," and said some cool <laughs> line, and then lasered her, and turned her into Darth Vader. I I, I think he did fine. I mean, not okay. He, he killed his mom, Evan. I wouldn't have expected him to do any better. He's he's a twelve year old who can shoot lasers out of his eyes. Like, if I'd been able to do that at twelve, you know how many things I would have torched by accident. Well, when Without I was even... twelve, I was already thirteen. So, he needs to grow up. Good for you. Um, <laughs> but the rest of us are subjects to the laws of math. So, I don't know what you're doing over there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like the climax as much only because I was really counting on Homelander to snap. Like, I've been waiting since the beginning of season one for him to go public with this thing. And when I saw the promo for, because I've, I've followed it religiously every week, like, it was an event mm-hmm. for me personally. Like, I was sitting down and, like, it was like I was going to movie theater. I had snacks and drinks ready on hand at midnight every Friday morning. I've been waiting for Homelander to... Like, oh, the promo thing. So I saw the promo, the trailer for that scene when Homelander lasers the crowd. Yes. And people were were saying, oh, it's in his head. It's probably likely in his head. And everybody was hoping it wasn't, but guessed it was in his head. And, of course, it ended up being a dream thing. And I cannot... Let me tell you something as a writer, as writers... Stop doing those fucking scenes, please. I don't care if it services the story. I don't care if you establish that the narrator is unreliable from the fucking beach. Please stop doing the fake outs. I cannot stand fake outs. Like when Huey, at the very beginning, I think it was mm, episode yeah. one. Yeah, I remember when he, when when he, he shouted at the, lawyer, the fucking lawyer. And was like, yo, what is the point? I know... Like, he obviously is feeling bad. He wants to say a whole bunch of things. He's not going to do it, even though his actions, of course, down the line say otherwise. Like, 
stop doing these fucking fake out scenes, please. I don't know anybody that's satisfied from watching these fake out scenes. Like one of the biggest I can think of, and I didn't even watch the fucking movie, was Twilight uh with the part the part two of the third movie, the last one. Where they're all fighting in the snow and they're all fucking killing each other, but then it like pans out and the, one of the vampires was showing the other vampire what could happen and they all just run away. Like, I heard so many people walked out on that movie because of that scene alone, even though it was the ending scene, so kind of pointless. But Yeah, they already got your money. Yeah. Also, you made it through three or four Twilight movies before that, so right, like, that says something. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. That's it. I... I, I, I get like that. I, I wanted that scene to be real, too. Oh, like, my God. Maeve's line, she says something like, I I don't care if you kill a lot of people or, like... Everybody will know you're an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I don't think it's... I don't care if you kill a lot of people. It was, it was something. Like, she didn't... Like, she didn't care if she ruined her career. Something like that. I felt kind of the same. I was like, I, I just want to see him be that terrible and like have everyone know yes please and yeah and we've already kind of talked about that like when is that going to happen because as soon as i saw that i was like i kind of suspected it would be a dream sequence i didn't connect to i i don't know if i saw those promos before watching the episode but i remember watching that scene and i was like this might be a dream sequence but what if it's not right can you imagine the kind of ramifications no i wanted to see that i wanted to see that that would have been huge if he had actually gone it would have been so great and that would have changed the rest of the season of course but like Mm -hmm. the uh... question too is like one of the things about that moment was like the public opinion was like really turning against him in that scene i think because it was it was in reaction to like him kind of going a little too commando on that uh some village or terrorist group something like that yeah and they were and like the crowd was reacting being like hey you shouldn't be doing that and i was like this might be enough to push Mm -hmm. him over the edge because he does care so much about his image but since it didn't, I'm now starting to wonder, like, what is going to be the thing that sends him over the edge? They, where he stops caring about how everyone views him. They showed that scene also, like, the beginning when he first lasers the soldier. They showed just that clip in the trailer for the entire season before the season dropped. Bro, I'm so sick of these fucking fake outs. Just have you seen um, the the oh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty? I haven't. Okay, that that movie is like basically centered around that exact thing. No, I think it's to good effect. I don't want to. I, I I honestly wonder if you. I, I don't know if you would have the same problem because the 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 point of it is kind of that he does imagine these things. He's just like kind of a regular guy. I don't want to. And he he has these like little fantasies. Isn't Kristen Wiig in that? I think I saw uh, a part of it. Possibly. I haven't seen that in years. I think I saw it when I was like 15, maybe. It's Ben Stiller is, yeah. is the main guy. It might be Kristen Wiig. I don't remember. I now think of those moments you're talking about as Walter Mitty moments. because they just, Mitty moments? Well, because they, like, no, they no, do it no. so I, much. No, no, I just shortened it. it Mitty Alliterations. Moments. Mitty moments. Yep. Coin it. Hashtag it. Let's go. Um, 
I feel you on that, like, on the frustration there. Just, not nearly as strongly, just, but, like... Stop. Yeah, I'm, every time I see a, a fake-out scene, I'm just like, yo, just do it, you punks. Like, every, like what are you scared of? Just do what that character was originally thinking. Just, like, bro. Like, you know what I would love? If it was a fake-out scene, right? That's the only, this is the only time I'd love a fake-out scene currently if they did a fake out scene and then the scene plays out the like you you back out and it's like show that they were dreaming or whatever and then they go back into and then they actually like reenact everything that was just in that dream sequence i'm sure that's been done before i feel like it has i don't know what it might have been done in i'm fine with that that is perfect because then they're doing it like there's you know you get the ramifications or whatever after doing that dream thing making that a reality but like mm-hmm. bro all right let's uh blackmail most powerful superpower in the show like over in vulnerability and all that starlight blackmailing gecko a train trying to blackmail starlight when she he came back and he was like hey i'm back bitches mm-hmm. and starlight i remember everything that you did and you smashed your boyfriend who's trying to take fault down um and she was like no you're not gonna do that she did that a couple of times during this season like with Star Stormfront, she was like, "No, you're not gonna do that. You know what? You you don't want to tell anybody because then you're gonna go down with me. So no, you're not doing that." May blackmailing Homelander at the end, obviously. Butcher blackmailing Stan Edgar. Uh, that not not in the scene where they confront each other. That was the scene where Black Noir was in the house, and he Black Noir received the phone. Oh calls yeah, yeah. Threatening to release photos of I I forget what the photos are from. Stormfront trying to blackmail Starlight when she catches her in the trailer. Starlight threatening to out Stormfront on being Liberty in that same scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. blackmail is the most powerful superpower in the show, and everybody does it. Everybody's evil. Yeah, I don't think I have a lot on that. There was just, there was yeah. a lot of blackmail in the show. And I don't think it was too much. It works. So, like, it, it works. It, it makes sense because, like we've said, like there is such a focus on mm-hmm. public opinion. So, like, it is it is a big thing to, like, it, it's actually a good yep. bargaining tool. A lot from season one as well. Huey doing that with the elastic guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, you played my mm-hmm. butt like jazz with poise and willingness to improvise. That, that's probably yep. one of the funniest scenes. Oh, and the whole thing of me waiting for Homelander. Like, my favorite scene still to this day was the plane scene. Like, I just rewatched it today with my mom. Yes. Still, not the one with Maeve, not the first one in the first episode at the end. No, the one with Maeve when he goes off on, like, that wasn't a fake out scene. Seeing him snap on, Mm -hmm. stay the fuck back, I will laser you, goddammit. I will laser every single fucking one. Yo, that's what I need. Yeah, I I think that that remains my favorite scene yeah. in the whole show too. Like, I mean, we had some good mm-hmm. moments this season, but the, I don't think anything tops the one the where he scene. closes the door. Comes close though, not super close, but like that's if there was a second one, that'd be it for me. The end when they stupidly put the phone on speaker and was like, do you have the boy? And he... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought he that might be it. silently closes the door like he's not about to fuck them up. Politely closes yeah. the door. He's like, did I hear you that right? 
you said, where is my mm-hmm. son? Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing people ask for Anthony Starr to win an Emmy, which I would completely understand. I've never seen him in anything else, but the range he has with this fucking sociopath of a character. Oh, yeah. Like, even his facial expressions, you can kind of tell what he's thinking. Like, when Stormfront was going off about white genocide, and he was looking at her like, what the fuck? No, what? Why are you talking to my son about? No, that's not how that works. He legit steals the actor, steals every scene he's in. But Butcher came close in that final scene Agreed. with them and Ryan in the forest. Yeah. Yeah. But only that scene. Like, yeah, that was, pretty much. That's like Anthony Starr is consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, and oh, and that scene where um, the shapeshifter was him and it was like him acting across from himself. I was like, yeah. wow, this guy has got range. Yeah. That was a pretty amazing acting job there. And also, like, you know, like he is just terrifying. Like, yeah. the scene with Starlight in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Go ahead, sorry. He, like, any scene that he's in is, like, automatically stressful. Yep. Which I, I can't honestly... I, I know there are other characters that have had that effect for other people, but he is one of... Possibly the only one who has for me. That might just be... Uh, not to say that he's, like, necessarily the absolute best. I mean, put him up against maybe, like, Hannibal Lecter or someone like that. Mm-hmm. That is kind of one of the greatest things about watching this show is just like what will homelander do in any scene i said i I don't remember if i said it in season one episode i probably did but the whole reason i started watching the show i had seen promos i had seen fucking unskippable youtube ads fucking they were everywhere promoting this show and i was like dude i don't want to watch this show i saw a recommended youtube video about homelander or no i might have just looked it up one day Cause I I saw I think I saw a recommended YouTube video about the boys comic and looked up Homelander and it showed his best scenes from season one and I saw that plane scene I was like I'm watching this show now. Yep, I think you you did mention that yeah. for season one. Yep, and I might mention it for season three because I'll probably forget that I said it again. Uh, like I said, my favorite scenes because I only did this for Homelander because my favorite character obviously favorite scenes from him include the dream scene when he lays the crowd. I wish it was real. It, and it's so fucked up for me to say that because it's like a fucking terrorist act, like domestic terrorism. But because of how dark the show is and how fucked up it is, it you know, I can't help but be drawn to it. Like I said, like the plane scene. I, I don't know that that's necessarily like sadistic. Like we love great villains. Yeah. Like that's a that's a. And I, I'm not even really that someone who's that into that. But with him, I I feel it. There's a there's a few villains that I really like. But you know, some a lot of appeal of a number of things like people like Moriarty or the Joker or. Um, I was just thinking about the Joker. I don't like the Joker. I don't like the Joker. But I but, get it. But like the appeal of those characters is like that they go there, mm-hmm. like they will do anything. So we want to see them do anything, and come up with something really twisted. Like in terms of the Joker, people love that boat scene in the Dark Knight, mm. where he's got the boats rigged. Like that's kind of that's that's like a a thing that's like very unique to the Joker. I, I'm trying to think of a situation, but like. There's a couple of villains for Sherlock Holmes that I just absolutely love because of like how they're a contrast to him Mm -hmm. and how they like are just some of the most like despicable people Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we got to talk about Sherlock someday, dude. We'll I just love have that a show. Episode. I feel like I just end up talking about Charles Magnuson and Moriarty for a lot of it, though. Ooh. I I got to rewatch that show. That show is so freaking good. And there was also like, he wasn't necessarily like the best villain, but there was that one really fucking fantastic scene when he's figuring out. Uh, he's I haven't even mentioned the fucking movie yet. I'm, Spider-Man Homecoming in the car when Peter's in the back seat and Michael Keaton is driving. He's like, what are you gonna do, Pete? He's like, good thing your <laughs> good thing your your pal Spider-Man showed up. Old dude. pal Spider-Man. Good old good old Spider-Man. <laughs> I know. M- Michael Keaton is one of those scene. people who can like just him playing just the guy is like he he can be pretty intimidating just as himself yeah villains are good villains when they're done right they're fantastic i i like you said and like i said i like the intensity the fact that you don't know what he's gonna do every time he's in a scene and i'm looking forward to when and i said this in season one i'm looking forward to when i get there in my book like i get a villain that's like the toppest of the tier of of the tiers of, of as far as like strength out of all the beings in the fucking universe and all that i get to a point where one of the villains is pretty much undefeatable and they can pop up anywhere at any time when they want and when they're in a scene i i want to experience writing a scene see my scenes like that like Mm-hmm. playing off the horror and i get that appeal though like and i kind of hadn't before like i know you've talked about it mm-hmm. but this season i think i started to kind of get it like yeah. when you do have that guy who can do anything he wants yeah that like you, you you automatically almost start getting into like philosophical questions like the those sayings like uh power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely mm-hmm. like homelander is kind of that saying in action right like if i'm i imagine sometimes putting myself in those shoes like imagine you couldn't be killed no matter what the government couldn't do jack shit to you like no sort of human made weapons could work on you whatsoever and let's say for example you never aged you could really do whatever the fuck you wanted and nobody could stop you would you really live a normal ass life i don't think you would but like I, I think that is kind of the thing where, like, you've made comparisons, and the show is clearly making a comparison to Superman, mm-hmm. where, like, he is that, and he does good with it. Mm-hmm. And Homelander is kind of playing into that exact thing where he he wants everyone to think that he's Superman, mm-hmm. but he's not. He's The comparison I've seen is... Superman is how America views itself, but Homelander is how the world views America. Ah, yeah. That's a great comparison. Yep. His flag cape, again, (laughs) was, like, really scary. And I'm going to try not to get political, but, like, it, the context I have seen the American flag come up in kind of played into that Mm -hmm. when I was watching it this season, that, like, the American flag partly because of the show, partly because of political events, is starting to be a scary thing for me. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, I'm gonna. If you're done with Homelander, I'm gonna transition that into yeah, one of my top, my last topic, because I felt a bit of um, more than a bit. They they felt like they were commenting on white supremacy in this season. The fact that the American um, was making out with the Nazi. 
Yeah, uh, like a symbol of America got busy with a literal Nazi this season. Like that happened. Yeah, I kind of felt like their team up was, and the and the way that Homelander was like Stormfront came out fully as a Nazi <laughs> to him and was like totally unashamed of it, and he was kind of okay with it. Like I was wondering how he was gonna Did react because you, you know, yeah, he seems like he's he's kind of okay with the white supremacy. He seems pretty good with it but that's one thing nazis and americans traditionally did not get along so i wondered if that would change it for him and it didn't like that that's a take i kind of felt like maybe they were commenting on like that was like a connection between power and white supremacy in america maybe feels like what maybe they were doing what the thing is like he wasn't really listening to her like remember when she came like came out to him mm-hmm. about being a Nazi? He wasn't really listening to her until she mentioned the fact that she needed him to lead them into their quote unquote new era. He doesn't really give a shit about the Nazi stuff. It's him being the face of really anything. Him being loved for doing this thing. The fact that she needed him in order to do this whole Nazi shit. Like, remember his reaction when she was talking about white genocide to his son? Like... Okay, fair. He's still not stopping her from talking about white genocide to his kid. Like, he is more than complicit in this. Yeah, no, no. He's still a, he's still a despicable piece of shit. But he's... I don't think he's completely okay with it. I'm not sure he... I, I don't know. If he's not okay with it, he's not doing it. It, it can be taken it. a whole bunch of ways. He hasn't... Yeah. I think it could be taken multiple ways, but... At the very least, he is complicit. Yeah, he's not doing anything. Yeah, not doing anything to stop her, so... Yeah, and so to kind of go with that, there was there was also... I don't know how much I want to read into this, because it was... This was really confusing to me. When they had that mural of Homelander with the Confederate flag for his cape. Mm. I was like, I, I don't get what the commentary there was, like, either from the creator of it or from the show. I was like, is that someone who's, like, saying, hey, Homelander is, like, for Confederate values and they're happy about that? Or that was someone being like, hey, Homelander's, uh represents confederate values everyone look out like i couldn't tell where that was coming from to answer your question yes yes both both i don't know both let's say both i know it was just it was very like it's a very specific thing to do and i was just I, i was immediately confused what they were trying to say there Oh, because it's sort of ambiguous uh the thing about stormfront and homelander real quick is like she believes, you know, as a Nazi, she believes that people of color are below them. And Homelander believes everyone equally is below him. That's mm. that's what that is. I see that. Yeah, that's true. But, like, he's also, like, it kind of was played up, too, in that scene. I mean, I think, I don't remember what race the guy was, but when ashley was pitching him like hey i think we should get like a differently abled person into the seven they bring in the blind guy and he was so not there for it yeah that felt 
That was another great scene. Up until that point, he hadn't, quote-unquote, been himself, and then he fucking deafened the blind guy with a clap. Yeah, Yeah. But, like, he does seem to care a lot about who's in the Seven with him, because he was like, no way am I having a blind dude in with the Seven. Like, no screw that like mm-hmm. and then but then later he's also like the two other moments with that was when he kicks a train out of the seven and like it was kind of hard to tell whether that was like a keep the seven white thing Mm-mm. or if it was because a train was like having like problems with his compound v addiction i think that was a he was like you can't run the fact that, and I think it was also the fact that he never saw himself really close to A-Train, like, with the fact that he yeah. kind of dismissed him. I don't know if it was Homelander's decision to get Shockwave. Right, and that never um, really lasts, but I know it got called out, like, in that interview with yeah. Maria Menounos. Yeah, she called out, like, yeah, people are noticing Seven's a little bit overwhelmingly white. And then, also in that scene, so this kind of was another thing that I, I wanted to mention when he outs Bave publicly Oof. and is like, well, uh, we do have a gay soup. And she's like, oh, uh, who? And then he just out of nowhere outs Maeve. Like, one, power move. But two, like, I just wanted to say this because I thought it would it should have happened somehow in the show. Like, that would have had ramifications that he outs her without... Like, that he does it at all, mm-hmm. I think, is, like... Chance of Homelander starts on Twitter. Yeah, well, it kind of goes back to, like, the realism of the world. Like, if we're living in a world where Maria Menounos is interviewing him, then I think we're also living in a world where people would get upset that he was the one to out Maeve. Like, I know he's not trying to be an ally, but I feel like just... Like, it seems to me like an unwritten rule of being an LGBT ally is, like, the simplest thing to do is not out someone. Yeah. So I think that, w- like, and and the show never really comments on that. Like, even Maeve, Maeve is, like, what the hell? But more so as, like, a personal thing, like, as a power move. She's not, like, hey, what the hell? You don't do that. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like something that the show kind of, should have called out just if it was going to be realistic and i I wanted to mention that to tie it back to what i was talking about like he does seem to care about how the seven is viewed and what they are projecting Mm -hmm. and that 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 happened in season one also with the deep he was like "Eh, deep we're getting all this backlash also you're kind of lame so you're out (laughs) deep is so lame sorry i don't (laughs) like him as a character at all (laughs) Let's, if that's all the topics, we got a lot of characters. We should really just kind of speed through it. All right. Well, we're just talking about the deep, deepest trash. But he's accidentally the hero of the season without his whole rediscovery bullshit thing. Uh, None of what happens in later episodes would have happened. The fact that he led the seven to the boys in episode three. He introduced A-Train to the church, which caused A-Train to eventually out Stormfront as a Nazi. He's the unsung quote-unquote hero Harry's still a piece of shit he's a terrible character to me and you know he also did that whole sexual abuse thing people also refer to him as funny i don't see it i don't get that at all i don't really find him funny i think he's funny in the sense that he's kind of a joke like yeah he, 
as as a person is kind of a joke. He's a bit of a dumbass too. Yes. Yeah. So when you say you think he's a bad character, you just dislike him or you don't think he's uh included well. Not that he's not included well, but I don't really I just don't care for him. Okay. Yeah, same. I would push back though on I don't think he is the hero of the season. I think he stumbles into that. I think if you want the hero of the season, at least in the sense that you're talking about, I think that's A Train. But he couldn't have done it without the deep. Okay, but the deep wasn't the one to do it. Like A A Train when he gives that um like compromising file on Stormfront to uh Starlight and Huey, like mm-hmm. I think he Sup, really is being the bigger person there. Like for one thing, what is it? He said, Sup shitbirds when he popped into their car. Oh yeah. Yeah, but like he and Starlight have had some bad blood this season already. Yeah. So like they were kind of at odds and then you know, when he does that, like he was trying to get back into the seven, but I don't think it, him doing that gave him any better chance of doing it like it was doing it because it was the right thing to do and yeah maybe there was a little bit of revenge with stormfront there fuck that nazi bitch yeah but i think he was kind of doing it because like it was the heroic thing and like when he got back into the seven as a result i was like i felt like he deserved it like he Mm. had done the heroic thing and was getting to be a hero again for it so like i think it's him rather than deep also that corny ass thing where he was like it's uh maybe the dawn of the seven but a sunset on a train in the movie Mm -hmm. yeah that was that was a cool moment though when because like he was so not into doing the scene and then he did it and the director was like i think we're good like that was really powerful and i was like oh man like you, you you don't even have to see him do it. You just, like, you feel how much this means to him. Yeah. I wasn't huge on him in season one. I felt like he was a little bit, like, immature and, like, kind of, like, full of hot air. But this season, like, I was I was kind of rooting for him. The whole thing with the money, you also gave, like, a little hint to his backstory with, you know, you don't fuck with the mm. money. People who only say that, whatever Starlight said about not having the money or it's the right thing to do oh yeah i think it was i think it was like doing the right thing like people who who say that didn't grow uh grew up with money yeah that was a good line mm-hmm. uh moving on butcher he grew on me more this season first i kind of just viewed him as one of those main characters that's quote-unquote charismatic and then i expected him to be and i expected him to be most popular popular and loved uh that i think that the case that's the case for uh homelander though and the more i learned about his backstory and what he's willing to do for his boys the more he like he he grew on me the fact that he like cared for huey and you know even though he did he punch him this yeah he punched he punched the shit out of him this season mm said that thing about huey being his canary he was softer towards him from that point on um which i enjoyed I think Ryan will end up being more like Butcher than his father based off that one line Ryan says to him alone. What Butcher told him, don't be a C word. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, and you said it earlier, he was gonna he was going to kill Ryan had Homelander not showed up. He was about to... You think so? He was about to Jace, J- Joker to Jason Todd his ass. He was going to kill him with that crowbar. I, I kind of don't think so. I thought he might. No, he was but going to. But I want to read that scene as him... Nope actually nope Evan. no I, i'm gonna debate nope. this or not like 
too hard, but... He was going to bash that child's brains in. The only reason Butcher was living was because of Becca and the fact that her her, that, that child that came from her, he doesn't even really view, he says her child, because it's really actually biologically not even his. The fact that that child killed the only reason he was doing any of the shit he was doing, the whole reason he became a part of the boys, like, yeah, he, he was, he was going to take him out of the, he never promised her. He never promised her before she died. I, I read somewhere that he didn't. I don't remember the end of the season when he, if he said it or not. But he was going to kill him. He was going to kill him. I want to take a more optimistic look nope. at it. I think he was trying to you do You want to use right optimism thing. in the boys, Evan? <laughs> I laugh in your face. I mean, this season ended fairly optimistic. Huey's working for Vaught. The, the, the girl that crushes shit is out of the psych ward. What else? Deep is f- who knows where. I guess okay, A-Train is back in the 7. Yeah, that's true. A-Train is back in the 7. <laughs> I, I guess that's good for him, but... Holmander is on the verge of snapping. Uh, Huey, he's a screamy boy. He's Butcher's Canary, I already said. Uh, Rainer, she got her head popped. We didn't really talk about that. I don't think we need to. Uh, they were setting her up as a character that might stay, like, a little longer mm-hmm. than what she did but then her nose was bleeding and then yeah that kind of scared the hell out of me but that was yeah that was unexpected but good he actually brought starlight and the boys uh closer together with his road trip with mm like he went to the bathroom and mm starlight got close to talking about sweets and then his almost dying brought butcher and starlight closer together because they were like watching him and talking about the kids shampoo that he uses really weird but Mm -hmm. Still growing on me as a character, better and better. All the characters are kind of growing on me, except the deep. I don't think he'll ever do that. Anything on Huey from you? Not, not really. I, I felt a lot less interested in him this season. He was actually kind of one of my favorite parts of season one. This season, it, it felt like he was sort of more along for the ride. I know they had a few things with him. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he's a bad character still, but he just he didn't have as much to do. I just I liked his his um, struggle a lot more in season one, and also like because I mean I know again you were talking about that scene with him in season one where he had the like fantasy of snapping at the um, lawyer, but you know that I think I think that was an effective use of a scene like that because like we feel him struggling with like is he going to be Aww. violent and vengeful like Butcher or is he not? I, I talked about that in season one, so I won't get into it again. But this season, I I was not really as interested, but I don't think he's a bad character. I'm sick of hearing the Billy Joel songs. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. I get it, I guess, because this is a little his own mom thing, but, like, I don't really care. I don't really care. I think he should back Elton John instead. If he's getting a pop rock singer from that era, Elton John, I think, is far and away the better choice. I don't want to hear Billy Joel. But I also don't want A-Train to run into me. Because I besmirched Billy Joel, so. <laughs> Starlight, she's becoming less and less innocent, obviously. The more time she spends with Huey and the boys, uh, Huey, who also became corrupt, the more dirty things she does to reach the end game of eventually taking down Vought, like blackmailing Gecko and blackmailing pretty much everybody she comes into contact with. 
Uh, she eventually did uh, also kill a guy. She killed a guy who uh, had a kid. Mm-hmm. The guy had a kid, and she killed him because Butcher was being a jerk. If he, if season one was Huey's season, season two was definitely more Butcher's season. Yeah, but like, agree. Yeah, it was more just about Butcher this season than anybody. With Starlight, though, I think they did some good stuff. I was, again, she was not like one of my more favorite parts of the season, but I did like some of the stuff they did with her where she's kind of, you know, from the events of season one, she's kind of been disillusioned with like, what does being a soup even mean anymore? Like a couple lines I really liked from her. One was earlier on. She's like, we risk our lives to make the world way worse. That hit pretty hard. Very, very true for her situation. Like, I like she's kind of like I, I think you would call it like a Girl Scout character, where she's like kind of a neutral good mm-hmm. alignment, and is like she doesn't necessarily want to like she doesn't want to be on on the wrong side of the fight, and she feels like she is. But then it kind of does sort of come full circle with at the end. She has her other line: "If you jump ship and you let the assholes steer." then you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of her coming to terms with that conflict where, like, she's... Because she she does kind of betray the Seven and Vought in this season. Uh, and Straight up. And almost gets kicked out. Like, yeah, she basically gets kicked out of the Seven at the one point when they have her locked up in the Vought building. A building that has no security. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, it does. Yeah, True. Um, a little bit of a logic hole there, I think. I mean, maybe you don't need security when you have seven superheroes there. Anyway, not the point. I, I think that's a good conflict for her to have, where she's like, feels like she's on the side of the bad guys, but also can do a little bit more, maybe, because she's an insider there, and, and she takes advantage of that. So, like, like, I feel like there are other characters, maybe in Game of Thrones... That are kind of like that. I guess Varys in Game of Thrones is kind of a character like that. I think that's a that's a cool struggle, and also like for her, it really makes sense. We're Stormfront. Don't root for her. Well, from what I gathered from uh, watching Weekly, people were rooting for her up until she was revealed to be a Nazi. When the first three episodes were released, I was looking at the reddit of course the forum where people like were posting their reactions to the episode the three episodes they were like man i was rooting for stormfront yeah she she's racist and then she turned out to be even worse than just a normal every normal average everyday racist she's full-blown nazi i enjoyed reading those reactions even you know even though her being a nazi was spoiled for me like at the some point during season, me watching season one, it was, or I think at the end of season one, like they were gearing up for season two and they were like, Stormfront's going to be in it. She's a Nazi. I was like, okay, wow. But she's also confirmed not dead, likely become Darth Vader or something, a cyborg of some. Yeah, I don't have much on her. Don't root for her. She a Nazi. Nazi's bad. Yeah, I kind of had that reaction you were talking about where, like, the first couple episodes, I was like, oh, she's kind of cool. Like, um, and then end of episode three, it was like, oh, she's, like, vindictive and, like, kind of racist. And then, oh, she's, like, very racist. And then, oh, nope, she's a literal Nazi. Okay. Yeah, that was that was a sharp turn. I don't know exactly what they were trying to do with that. Maybe they weren't trying to do too much except just, like, make it a cool, shocking reveal. 
I liked her line before we found out she was a Nazi. I think it was in like the second episode. Fuck this world for confusing nice with, with good. good. Yeah. Like I kind of like the spirit of that line. I f- there's a David Fincher quote that is similar to it. It is kind of negated by the fact that she's the one who says it because at first i was like oh maybe she is like someone who's like not nice but is good and then i was like oh but she's not good either at all so i thought it was like pretty bold to include her at first i was like oh really bold that they made her a literal nazi but then i was like that actually might be a little bit safer than making her because like i i think i read a comment too that was like oh she might be a nazi and i was like I'm not really getting Nazi vibes from this. And and I was thinking, oh, maybe she's like a neo-Nazi. Mm-hmm. Especially because I just didn't think that she would actually be 100 years old or whatever. But I, I think that was almost, it was almost a safer choice to make her an actual Nazi, weirdly. Um, last note with her, though, for someone who's 100 years old, she's very good at social media. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. That was surprising. Like, at first I was like, she's just a millennial. But then... When we found out, like, she was born in the 40s, I was like, I don't know if that could happen. Mm. Like, she was born in a time when, like, you hit someone up with a telegram, and now she's suddenly, like, an Instagram queen. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, girl, let me get that telegram number. (laughs) Strong front bad, don't move for Nazis. Also, uh, there's a quick thing. She, uh... When she was talking talking to A-Train and he was asking, do you have a problem with me? And she was like, no, why would you think that? And then sipped her drink. On the drink, it said it looked like it was from Starbucks and it said storefront. Okay. So there's that. Because you know how Starbucks fucks people's names up? I think I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't notice that at all. It said storefront. I don't, I don't, I never get coffee, so I don't. They have don't tea have too, Evan. Jesus Christ. And food. Yeah, I don't like tea. Oh my either. god, Evan, do you eat? What do you eat? Air? Hmm? You eat air, Apples Evan? And pasta. Apples, Apples and pasta. Apples and quesadillas. That's what I've been living off for the past three weeks. It works. I like it. You know. No, no comment. Uh, I'm not. No, we're not doing this, Evan. We no. Mave. Uh. How- <laughs> Mave coming in with an assist. <laughs> How the hell was she getting around so fast in the final episode? I mean, I know she had a super jumping, but, like, that should have made a sound somewhere, I think. Like, she was kind of just popping up. She was, like, like when she showed up to kick Stormfront's ass. And then she also, like, popped up behind Homelander to stop Homelander from clapping Butcher. Like, how did, how did she get... She can't fly, obviously. She had that whole plane scene thing. She cannot mm-hmm. fly. So, I know, she, like I said, I know she can jump, but, like, she was moving around like Black Noir, dog. Like, how? I th- I think they just wanted it as a cool entrance moment. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree, like, the logic of it doesn't track. It ended up being a cool scene, sure. so I'm good with it. Her character's going downhill, like, mentally. Like, not, like, as far as her character art goes, but, like, Elena broke up and they got back together and they broke up again. Uh, through the course of two seasons. That's that's a lot. Also, why is everybody an asshole to Huey? Like, remember when she called him a twink? That was mean. Mm-hmm. And then also in that same scene said she could snap it, like, dry fire. That was graphic. Starlight's mom 
she was like the boy with the moist hands really when literally in like the episode before that he saved them from prison single-handedly <laughs> maybe triple-handedly because he had help from lamplighter ah yes yes mm. <laughs> but Maeve, she's she's kind of doing her own thing having her own little thing kind of like the deep was having his own little thing she's a better character than the deep though because deep is trash so uh you have anything on Maeve? Yeah, I, I kind of wanted a little more out of her. I Like, as soon as she said, like, I'm going to try to take Homelander down, I was like, oh, really excited to see how it happened. And I was kind of hoping it would be a little more intricate than just blackmailing him with a video because right. that was kind of all it came to. And she kind of acted like she said something to Elena where she was like, I'm going to do this. And I like I thought it was going to be like a more of a long game thing where she was like going to set him up somehow mm-hmm. with I don't know what, but... I kind of want a little more out of that. She's still one of my favorites. Record him drinking um, milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah that that would um that wouldn't ruin his reputation, but he would definitely lose fans over that. I don't know if she knows about that though. So, but yeah, would would be a decent move. But yeah, I, I kind of wish they did more with her because I, I feel like she gets sidelined, and I want more from her. And like, I mean, the biggest thing with her, I talked about like the thing with Homelander outing her. And then, like, they they got into some commentary with... I, I think I'm using this term right. I only learned it in the past couple months, but, like, the rainbow capitalism commentary where, like, as soon as she's out as gay, or technically we find out she's bi, but they're like, yeah, lesbian kind of sells better, which is mm-hmm. all sorts of, like, that is how, from what I can tell, that's how, like rainbow capitalism tends to work where and the like, whole thing about the the lesbian the people are more comfortable with a clear male being like the dominant one in a relationship yeah mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah and i was wondering like how accurate that is to like i can't speak on it so I rainbow can't. capitalism and like just to be clear because i i didn't know this term until recently but like rainbow capitalism is basically when like a corporation uses like pride month or something to basically sell products does that work i don't know does that work i i may not be defining that perfectly again i only learned it recently but um it, it is a it is like a concept that's talked about in academia like um, that's how i feel about the black lives matter like you realize how many apps and companies changed their thing, their their profile pics and all that to support mm, the movement. And now that, now that it's nowhere in the news anymore and people aren't quote-unquote looting and rioting. Like, I just saw Reddit changed its icon from the black and white back to its normal icon colors of red, uh, white and orange, like... Because nobody's talking about it now, like, that's not the hot thing to do, so nobody, you know, like, they, they completely forget about it and move on. It's like, it was it was all a stunt from a lot of these companies, and it's pretty much the same thing with the the rainbow capitalism, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, I think it is the same thing. Like, I don't know if there's a term for it with what you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, but absolutely, it... it, it I think it's basically the same concept where they're kind of more saying like, buy our thing because we're we're good. Like, mm-hmm. look at us. We're um, another term I've heard is performative wokeness, mm. where it's kind of like, hey, we're we're up with it. We're we're woke. So so buy our thing, buy our sandwiches, 
we have Subway sandwiches that have rainbow lettuce now. Yep. I would not eat that, though. That sounds, that sounds really mad gross. toxic. That sounds like when you throw out your salad. like <laughs> When it um, turns brown and all sorts of other colors. Yeah, I don't want rainbow lettuce. I don't want the rainbow lasagna that they made for Maeve, either. That doesn't sound like it would taste that's, very good. Yeah, that's... I don't even like normal lasagna, like frozen lasagna. This, I think it was a good thing this show was positioned to do to call that out because, you know, with all their stuff with corporate culture, like, of course that was going to be the reaction yep. when Maeve came out, regardless of how it happened. I think they handled it, like, well in, like, calling it out, like, mm-hmm. kind of saying, like, hey, guys, don't, don't do it like this. Like, mm-hmm. this is lame and stupid. Also, a couple of the side characters I don't like, Ashley, that director from the Dawn of the Seven movie, and the two mm. guys that are constantly sh- pitching, the one guy from that Key and Peel airplane sketch, and I don't know what the other guy is from, but he kind of reminds me of B.J. Novak for some reason. Yeah, and they're like the the they're the same guys that like pitched Starlight's trashy diaper-looking outfit. Yeah, I I I just wanted to say that I don't like those side characters, but I don't think you're meant to like them. So. I do kind of feel bad for Ashley in this season. She's like, yeah, just she's bit. like stress losing her hair. Like she's way overwhelmed in this season. I'm really glad like she had a human moment where Maeve was like, be a fucking human being for once. And she kind of just left her alone. Like I was proud of Ashley then. But other than that. But like imagine her job. Like she's trying to, to like keep yeah. the keep all these soups in line and homelanders going off and doing stuff and she's like oh, please yeah. stop doing this and like of course it's homelanders so what is she gonna do also with that the rise of the seven movie like oh i know we mentioned it but of course han zimmer is scoring that yeah. like <laughs> i did like how the guy did han it like han zimmer. zimmer i was like yep that like i know exactly what that would sound like <laughs> all right let's finish up stan edgar i've seen i think it's giancarlo esposito i think that's how you say his name i haven't seen him in any other show i'm aware he's in breaking bad i think but from what i've heard he's a severely underrated actor uh even though he doesn't have any superpowers or like an intimidating thing about him like physically maybe just his voice that that's about it i'll admit there's like something captivating about watching this actor as Stan Edgar, I feel like I like hang on to every word he's saying. Like that scene with him and Billy, on at the t- at the table, the dinner table, where they had snipers trained on. He had a couple of snipers trained mm-hmm. on Billy, and he said that line about he can't go around like rampaging and throwing a temper tantrum like some entitled maniac. That's a white man's job, like. Uh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, more white supremacy vibes there. Yeah. But uh, great. I'm liking the character. I feel like he's gonna die at some point, of course. But like, cool. I was kind of expecting Homelander to maybe kill him at some point. Oh yeah, season. for sure. Like the first scene I saw him, and I was like, well, he's gonna kill him. I think also I felt that because he felt like kind of a replacement for um Stillwell. But he was above Stillwell. Like, kind of filling the same role. He was above Stillwell. Remember, she was supposed to take his position, and then she got clapped. So Yeah, but it still kind of felt like he was, like, if Stillwell had been alive 
for this season, she would have done like the corporate bad the guy same thing. things he did. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he's not like not that he's a good guy, but he's like maybe sort of a neutral party. He he kind of reminds me. Um, I feel like the the best comparison for him is Tywin Lannister. Although I find Tywin Lannister a lot more compelling. He's like lawful evil, like Lex Luthor. Uh, yeah, lawful evil sounds right. Yep. You have anything on him or any other character? I did have a little bit on Ryan. Again, his actor or actors, I guess, did really well. And that scene, I, I just this was I, I thought a really well constructed scene when Homelander pushed him off the roof. <laughs> I was well. That scene was so tense because, like, before that, we didn't know if he had powers. Like, I thought he really might die in that scene or, like, get really injured. And Homelander would get pissed because he was like, oh, like, he was so into, like, you're my son. You can do all this stuff. And I thought it might be, like, a really big explosion if he found out that his kid was actually just normal. Mm -hmm. But then we had it turned around where he is just as powerful as homelander i also just feel so bad for this kid like can you imagine that this kid's gonna be messed up no matter what you can't i kind of get the both sides of like yeah because like i i understand in a way like homelander is saying to becca like yeah he doesn't like he's never been outside the neighborhood whatever like you really think that's healthy for him which no but also like better than homelander parenting him by a long shot so he just feels like he's in such a no-win situation there was also that really good scene with him and homelander when he was talking about crying Mm. yeah softball and the doctors and all that yeah that was a good scene i I just wanted to mention that scene i almost forgot about that scene was a good scene where he had like a human moment and it kind of shows like because that's kind of uncharacteristic for homelander Mm -hmm. to be that vulnerable but it kind of shows like how much he's invested in Ryan as his kid. Like in that scene, I was like, "Oh, like I don't trust him to be a good father." But like, I think he actually does care about Ryan, mm-hmm. which was kind of surprising. Yeah. All right. Last note: Girls get it done versus she's got help. Endgame. I've seen so many comments. So many comments. I mean. I get it because every time I go on the boys subreddit, it's the top post about, hey, girls get it done is so much better than she's got help from Endgame and Endgame felt forced and all of the fucking comments are the same. Yes, I 100% agree. I'm just really sick of seeing it on Reddit. I get it. But yes, they are right. Girls get it done was way more deserved. And the guys literally could do nothing because none of them have any super abilities. So they kind of did have to just sit back and watch three girls jump a Nazi girl, woman. Yeah, it was, I, that was a really good fight scene. Yep. I did feel like this season with, with that girls get it done slogan, they were kind of calling out like, this is something Disney, mostly like the Disney live action remakes, I feel like Oof. do is like lean in feminism, which i I've seen mostly videos by Lindsay Ellis talking about this and like calling out how it's like it's kind of giving lip service to it without actually like promoting like any feminist themes. And I would like, I felt like maybe they could have, 
I thought they were going to do a little bit more with that this season because it seemed like they were setting up to from the beginning. Girls, get um, it on. That could have happened too. No, you um, remember, no. Homelander said it. He said, "Yeah, girls, get it on." And Ashley was like, "Girl, done. Girls, get it done." I don't um, remember that, but yeah. that was that was after um, Maeve's lesbian scene in the movie. But go ahead. Oh, oh, yeah. I I feel like I am remembering this a bit now. But yeah, like I. I just find that cringy when Disney does, like, lean-in feminism because, like, I think you can't, like, there are some really good movies out there that, like, could be called, like, feminist narratives, but there's a lot more that has to go into it and you can't just do, like, that lean-in thing. And, you know, I don't, I'd like someone to do, like, a breakdown and look at, like, whether The Boys is more in, like, the lean-in camp or if it's, like actually being like a solid feminist narrative Mm -hmm. i don't know but i I feel like it maybe could be either or like a mix of both Mm -hmm. but i i'd like to see someone do a breakdown of that because they do seem to be calling it out and like trying to do better with it than a lot of other superhero media does i don't think we're qualified to talk about it yes two straight cis guys probably not the best combination for that yeah so we're just gonna leave that alone better than endgame though that scene where they said she's got help and they all pose for a shot and then immediately split up without doing any sort of action together yeah black noir is allergic to nuts that's hilarious oh yeah that happened <laughs> um I, I really don't know how to feel about that he's a vegetable <laughs> his weakness is a fucking candy bar Mm-hmm. Almond Joy Almonds. I don't know. I really don't know if I'm here for that or not. Like, that was just so... That just came out of nowhere. No, it didn't. Because there was a little bit of foreshadowing when that... Remember when he was looking for Butcher? And it was, I think it was episode four. Looking for Butcher and the... Annika, the analysis lady, was eating uh, Almond Joy... And he put the trash can up to her face, and she threw it out without finishing it, and then he sat down with her. Oh, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, Evan, what's up, Evan? You gotta pay attention to that foreshadowing, you heard? It's an almond joy. Yeah. It's foreshadowing. All of that. All of that. Lamplighter was killed off too soon. Either the showrunner or director said they regret it. One of them, I don't know if they're the same person. I haven't been paying attention to the credits. Lamplighter, yeah. He was introduced and then capped. He clapped himself. He was also watching porn in the middle. That was really weird. Oh, yeah. I was, as soon as they, they showed, like, the suit porn, I was like, you know they actually porn. They actually filmed that? I mean, I guess they would have had to. No, like, like at the actors, they, they hired people... Like pornographic actors do that. I did not know. No, that. those are full, actual things. All the ones Lamplighter reads. Yes, all of the ones Lamplighter reads off. They, those are all available, but not technically available. Like, they're ready to release if Amazon is brave enough to release them, which I don't think they will. But those are, uh, just know those exist in their entirety. Like you can watch Home Banger and. Big Black Noir <laughs> and all of that. Just so you know. Let's, okay. Yep. 
That's a thing, man. That, that exists. Yeah, they sh- they could have done so much more with Lamplighter, but they they clapped him, bro. Like I really felt like I thought he was a piece of crap ever since you know Mallory was talking about her grandkids, and then he admitted he didn't know. And I was like, oh no! I immediately felt bad for him right there. I was like, oh well, he you know he was supposed to kill their boss, and you know he, it was just the wrong target. Like, bro. No, why were they sleeping in their grandmother's bed anyway? First of all, second, oh no, oh it was just bad for every bad. It was unfortunate, you know. Yeah, you know. Hmm. He had potential. I think he could have stayed for a little while longer. Yeah, it seemed a little random how he died. Yep, like just torture torching himself. Yep, there was. I'm trying to come up with a fire pun, but I I can't. There probably is one out there. I've seen, the I, I, there was a whole thread, comment thread with Lamplighter being burned alive puns. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a very memeable moment. Pretty, he's a pretty fire character. <laughs> pretty fire character. Oh my God. Did we ever bring that out with, um, with Last Airbender? I feel like there must have been someone we said that of. Probably. Oh. Do we say that about Zuko? I feel like one of us said like Zuko was a fire character at one point. Probably. I wouldn't put it past either one of us. I would not either. He also played Sean Ashmore. He played Iceman. He was also in a game, Man of Medan video game, about making choices and spooky spookiness. Oh, wasn't he also in a... He was in another game, too. I think it was Quantum Break or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. But he's Iceman. Iceman, mm-hmm. now the fire guy, and he did. So, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that, yeah. <laughs> uh, he became Pyro long enough to see, long enough to become the villain. All right, twist ending with Newman. We're finally here. I have just one extra note Neil. if you're done with yours. Yep, Neil from Greendale. That scene was kind of heartbreaking. But yes, like, very. As soon as he was, I was like, yo, it's Neil. I think you um, mean fat Neil? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think I mean actual Neil, yeah. if you're a real fan. Yeah. This is real Neil from Greendale Radio, <laughs> signing off with the sweet sounds of Daybreak. <laughs> Neil. Yep. Good to see him doing something else. And, like, he did a, he, he did a great job in that role, even though he yep. was only in about three minutes. Hey, like, he was also on Reddit, so that's... I'm going to stay away from Reddit from now on. <laughs> yeah. No, he seems like a really good actor, though. Like, I'd like to see him in other things. Reddit refers to him as the Stormfront simp. <laughs> That's not right. But the other half refers to him as, as Neil or Fat Neil. Yeah. I, I just, I would like to see him in more. Cause I also just wish he was in more of Community. Like, I wish he Yeah, had he was one of my favorite side characters. After Troy and Pierce left. Yeah. Yeah. But they had Keith David, so that's good. I like Keith. Yeah, I still would have rather Neil. Like, I, I think Neil should have just been part of the study group. Like, I did, he but, was probably my, well, one of my favorite side characters, besides, of course, Magnitude, but he was only good for cameos. Yeah. Leonard was and pretty Garrett, funny. But, like, I don't want Garrett. I know. To I don't be like Garrett. I don't like Garrett. I never liked Garrett. At Please all? stop. No. I never. No. Stop talking. just Lark. No. <laughs> no. I think he can. Like, he's fun in small noses. No. no. I don't know. Whenever he's in the show, I'm rolling my eyes. I don't like Garrett. I'm sorry. Starburns. Garrett. Either. It's like God spilled the person. No. <laughs> that is that is his vibe, though. 
I'm good on that. Leonard, I'd rather Leonard over fucking Garrett. Sorry. But Leonard, eat my Anyone shorts. For Garrett? Man. I got in line for ice cream. He got in line for ice cream. I was rewatching the uh the political race one a few weeks yeah. ago. Now here's a man here's a man that knows how to marry his cousin. <laughs> yes. Also though in that political one, I've been thinking for like such a long time about Jeff's line. I think 9-11 was bad. I think freedom, well, I think that's, that's just, just a little, little bit better. better. <laughs> I was like, wow. Like, literally every, oh, every, like, political ad is that vibe. Oh, man. We got to talk about community someday. I don't know how long we want to wait on that, but, like... Oh, ooh. one of my favorite lines was... What did Britta say? She said, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line at something. And then I think it's animal was like, cruelty. Oh, animal cruelty. She said, you can excuse racism. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, I've seen people, people have been making a meme of <laughs> yeah, that with yeah. like, a, and like subbing in animal yep. cruelty with like other things. Oh my God. Oh, this is a great show. Dude. It's, it's kind of the best. <laughs> Oh my god, that's the boys. That's the boys. That's, the boys. that's been Season the boys. Uh, welcome to the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, if you made it this far, um, thanks. Yeah, if we're done, we just got the boilerplate left. So, next couple episodes. Well, when is uh, it gonna start boiling? I'm sorry. Get to watch the, pot never boils, bro. Deep. Give it a sec. Oh. Um, it's been over 17 episodes, Evan. Well, you got to keep boiling it. So, upcoming episodes. Um, my next pick is The Devil Wears Prada. Not on any streaming services right now. Um, that's going to be next. And then we have Circle, which I believe is on Netflix. Um, Social experiment movie. Not actually, but kind of. Yeah. And, oh, and we're also going to do just a fun little bonus episode on fictional characters that we think might be fun to have in like big political roles the grinch's Grinch's president president. yeah just like a few people just in light of the election just kind of have a little fun with who might be a fun fictional president bugs bunny as general of the army i mean he got that plot armor michael jordan from space jam as vice president the michael jordan from not michael jordan the real one just the one from space jam as vice Mm. president I have not seen Space Jam in a long time, so I don't know. You need my roommate has uh, has it on Blu-ray you though, so I could watch need it. Need Space Jam in your existence again? You need to consume. I have that. seen it. Nope. I think I was like four though. You need to like long, long buy time. another disc, eat that disc, and then watch the movie while the disc is digesting in your stomach. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> a fan of anything that much. Um, that's also the a weird way to show fandom. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that is going to be an episode. If you think Bugs Bunny, you know, and like if if we get this out in time, send in your picks to us. Um, like tweet at us your picks for fictional leaders, politicians, something. If you think Bugs Arnold Bunny should be president as the government governor of California, now that would be interesting. Yeah, that's one I haven't heard before. Um, <laughs> other stuff. Our logos by Kelsey Hendry. 
We have a Patreon now. Do you that. can support us for $1 a month and listen to our takedowns Please of the Sam Raimi's Spider-Man we trilogy. suffered through that, and you need to suffer. listen to us Ooh. and how much we suffered. We are not nice. We are not very clean. But uh, we, we went to town on those. And I, th- I think we, we learned some writing lessons along the way. Yes. Um, not about, yep. It's about the writing lessons we learned along the way. Yep. And we learned to max out at two cookies with no nuts. Learn more uh, with our oh, Spider-Man 3 God. episode. <laughs> and we learned that punches do not make you bleed. <laughs> so some very, uh, very educational stuff in those episodes for one dollar a month Um, uh, you can subscribe rate and leave reviews on itunes you can follow us on twitter at intanalysis18 you can follow me on twitter at davos watson and where can people find you uh jelani t kelly at jelani t kelly on twitter at based phoenix on instagram i got a children's book out children's version of descended awakening it's just like five pages well 10 pages five pictures if you get the kindle but if you get the paperback you know your boy had to hook you up so you got coloring and quiz questions in the paperback version so go ahead and grab yourself a copy and give it a five star review on amazon and read it to read it to the the kids it's for the kids it's the children's version of the book the normal book has a lot of swearing and action and violence but this this is kid friendly because yeah. it's for the kids. I'd say the I'd say the, the actual book is like middle grade, maybe like seventh grade up level. Um, you think? I feel like it's with how many F bombs? I do. I feel like well, yeah, I guess we read To Kill a Mockingbird in eighth grade, so there's that. Yeah, you read uh, Catcher in the it's it's as like mature as Catcher in the Rye. I read so. that in tenth. Yeah, I think I did too. But yeah, we'll have a link to the kids' book and the regular book in the show notes. So you can go ahead and check those out. Do that. So uh, yeah, if that's all, we'll see you guys next episode. Yes, bye.